Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Welcome to Stuff You Should Know from HowStuffWorks.com. Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh Clark. And I'm... me. Sorry, I was going to do the thing. And I'm Chuck Bryant. And this is... Stuff You Should Know. Terrible. That was totally off the cuff, though. Uh, I think we should say. I think it's pretty obvious. Chuck, uh, you ever been to Austin, Texas? Yeah, I love Austin. I've heard nothing but good things. Keep Austin weird and all. I've never been. Yep, very cool. Um, Very cool sound. But I do know that if you go to Austin, Texas right now, and you go to uh, MLK Boulevard near the corner of Alexander Avenue, you're going to find a little gallery, and it is called the Flatbed Press Art Gallery. Interesting. And if you go into there, like I said right now, you're going to find a um, piece of art, an art installation. It's called Free Paper. Have you heard of this? Yes, because you told me. Well, I'll tell everybody else then. Uh, There's a woman named uh, Annette Lawrence, and she's a a Texas artist, right? And basically what she did was she saved um, a year's worth of junk mail. Right. And it came to total 265 pounds, by the way, just junk mail. Goodness. And she tore it into two-inch strips and then basically installed it, um, put it together in stacks by month, and then um, put it on shelves. So there's 12 little separate, it's almost like a cross-section of junk mail. Right. And the way she did it, I I wouldn't have thought to do it this way, but it really gets the point across with minimal space. It's quite Uh beautiful until you think about, you know, it's junk mail. Right. So, uh, and as I understand, she's not the only junk mail artist that's going on right now. No. Which is surprising. There's a bunch, uh, and I have another one here, and her name is Barbara Hashimoto, uh, an American artist, and she works with junk mail. She does uh, provocative, like, uh, art installations, little interactive type of thing. She's a provocateur. She's a provocateur. And uh, what she's done, and this is generally like most junk mail artists are probably making a political statement, mm-hmm. an environmental statement, right. and that's what she's doing. And she uh, is in Chicago, and she set aside the junk mail from her business uh, for a year. So it was quite a bit more, obviously, than a person would get. Mm-hmm. And she ended up with 3,000 cubic feet of uh, – then she shredded it, actually, uh, with a paper shredder. She had one called Junk Mail with Grand Piano. And what she would do is she got this uh, piano player with a grand piano and put him in a, in a in a room facing a street with you know glass that people could see in, obviously. And he would start playing this uh, symphony, some, you know, not symphony, but some, you know, nice piano music. Mm-hmm. Sound like it's such a lunkhead there. I'm a musician, too. And so he's playing the piano, and she starts dumping this, uh, the shredded junk mail on him mm-hmm. and on the piano as he's doing it. And basically, it's a process, and at the end of it, this guy can't even be heard anymore. He's completely covered. The piano's <laughs> completely covered. And you hear just these little muffled, hammered sounds of the piano string. And, nice. That and definitely it's gets over. the point across, doesn't it? Yeah, so it's pretty cool. Okay, so for the rest of us who have neither the time nor the inclination to play with junk mail, right? Right. Make statements with junk mail, I should say. Um, you know, obviously it's it's annoying. I, I shouldn't even say that. It's just so blatantly obvious. Mm-hmm. But it's also kind of harmful. Junk mail is harmful. Extremely. Um, if, number one, you can very easily become the victim of identity fraud yeah. just from pre-approved credit card applications. Uh-huh. Um, I think there's uh, something like 400,000 uh, cases of identity theft every year Really, um, that are attributed just to c- uh, pre-approved credit cards. Interesting. That's uh, Sig Kirshner's, by the way. That's his figure. Okay. He's a consumer guru. That's good. Yeah. So um, th- that's that's a problem right there. Yeah. Well, you itself. know. 
people, my wife is a master shredder. She is on top of our household as far as the mail and the bills. And she shreds everything like that. She shreds things that I'd be like, oh, this is stupid. You don't need to shred my Sports Illustrated uh, re-up thing. And right. she will. Yeah. And coincidentally, we've never had our identity stolen. So people that just That's toss that. Knock down I know. People that just toss that into the trash, it's really not very smart. No, it's not. I usually burn mine. Oh, that's good. Seriously. Just out of spite? <laughs> well, I don't have a shredder, but oh, I don't want to just toss it in the trash either. You know? So you heat your home with it. Or sometimes, this is kind of weird, but sometimes I will um, take the, the most sensitive parts of it and tear it off and then eat it. Really? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, no going through that trash, pal. Well, that actually, what she said before about burning it leads me to an interesting stat that I've just flown in from the uh, home office. Let's hear it. Uh, 250,000 homes could actually be heated from a single day's worth of junk mail in the United States. By burning it? Mm-hmm. That would be awful. Not a single household, obviously. It's all the junk mail in the country. Right. So, But I'm saying I don't think we should be setting this on fire, right? Well, no. It's just to kind of drive the point home of oh, how much gotcha, there is. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Four million tons a year in, in the United States alone. And a final stat, Josh, if you're interested. Oh, of course. Uh, 44, this is a really sad one, 44% of all junk mail goes unopened and is put into a landfill eventually. Yes, and Chuck, I have another stat for you. This is our stat-heavy junk mail podcast yeah. special. Um, did you know that with the amount of paper that's thrown out by Americans every year? Um, you Through could, junk mail or just paper? Well, junk mail is part of it. This okay. includes junk mail. This is just paper. Um, but it's going to lead me back around in a second, so so bear with me. Um you could build a 12-foot-tall wall from New York to Los Angeles. Really? That's annually. They should build that wall. Think about how how incredibly thin paper is. Yeah. You can make it 12 feet tall and all the way from New York to L.A. How thick? I, I guess paper, paper width. Yeah. Okay. That wouldn't be much of a wall. No, no, no. I mean, like, you're laying a piece of paper flat on the ground and stacking oh, them up until apologies. it's 12 feet it tall. Now. So it would be, what, uh, eight and a half inches wide? Right. I thought you were taping it all together so it would be... You could just poke your finger. That would be stupid. (laughs) Well, this is the Clean Air Council, and I would like to think that they wouldn't toy with me like that. But, you know, as always, as Mark Twain said, there are three kinds of lies. Lies, damn lies, and statistics. You should always take statistics with a a grain of salt. But how about this? Clearly, there is a ton of junk mail that's wasted every year. Can we agree on that Four million tons. Yes, that is a statistic, too. Yes. Okay, so um, you've got credit card fraud. You've got waste. But not just um, waste... It's also input. You you have to consider the input. Uh, it takes a tremendous amount of water, actually, to right. make paper, um, which is kind of odd because paper's dry. But to separate the the fibers mm-hmm. and and make this into a pulp, they add tons of water. There's actually a a process where they they first they wash wood off, right? Okay. Get all any impurities. Uh-huh. They send it into a steamer for four hours. Then they chop it up. And turns into a pulp, and then they add water to the a ratio of about two hundred to one, two hundred parts water to one part pulp. Wow! Yeah, and, and then they dry it out. Right? Were you laughing at my amazement? No, I was, okay. I was laughing at the uh, this this astronomical use of water to make paper. Right? So, um, and then they 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 dry it out, um, and when they're drying it out, they're actually using. Um, steam heated rollers. So there's more water right there. More water. And then there's another part to the, the end before they do the final dry where they add more water and then dry it out to make it slick and glossy. Wow. 
Yes. So that's a lot of water. Of course, a lot of trees yeah. are, are, are used specifically for paper. Right. About 100 million a year. Is that right? That's what uh, the University of Oregon says, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, that's a lot of trees. It, it is a lot of trees. And it's kind of sad to think about it, but there's many are grown specifically to become paper, right? Yes. It, I, I must say that paper mills do reuse water. Oh, they do? Just for cost effectiveness. Right, of course. Um, so they are reusing water, but there's still there's 28 billion gallons of water used annually to produce paper. Right. That's okay? a lot. And that's input. So, you know, that's I, if they're reusing it, they're still using a lot of water. Right. And I hate to use they. I don't mean to be inclusive and, and exclusive and in-group and out-group. Like the paper uh, industry evil, is just right. the evil, you know, tobacco industry. Right. Which God knows they're evil. But um, You're holding paper right now. I am holding paper. I use paper, but I recycle all paper. Yeah, me too. Like you, you know, we have that single stream recycling thing where all the waste baskets at the desks are basically recycling. Uh-huh. Bins. I never throw anything away in there. It's only paper. Yeah, I it, practice what I preach, friend. That's good. I'm okay, not, I'm not calling you to desk, buddy. All right, that's fine. Okay. I can settle down because my fight or flight response is just pumping. I know it's kicked in. Okay, so Chuck, it's a waste, right? Right. It's annoying. It's potentially threatening uh, as far as finances go with identity threat. Yeah. Theft. What can a, a, an individual do to fight the good fight against direct mail? Well, I'll Which, by the way, can I give you one more figure? Yeah, yeah. This is a figure, not a stat, too, okay. so it's much more reliable. First of all, did you even know that there's such a thing as um, direct mail pharmaceuticals? No. You okay, get so, pills through the mail? <laughs> no, you can get pills through the mail, yes, but this is like advertising, direct mail advertising for pharmaceuticals. Interesting. I have never gotten one. I don't know. It's probably because I don't have a primary physician. But the direct mail pharmaceutical market alone in 2008 racked up $10.6 billion in wow. sales based specifically on direct mail. Wow. Their return in, uh, on investment for $1 was $10.27. Every dollar they spent on direct mail advertising racked them in $10.27 in 2008. That's just one sector. Wow, we're in the wrong business, we buddy. Totally. I've always said we need to start making our own pharmaceuticals and selling them. This you podcast gig is just not paying. We're not making ten billion. I'll tell you that. No, we're not. Or anything actually. So, what can be done? I'm going to leave the uh, second part to you about the, the official websites and things. I thought you left the first part to me. No, oh. I'm going to go with the first part. Uh, one thing you can do is you can actually send it back. Uh, this is not about stopping it from coming to your home, but instead of being angry and uh, just burning it or whatever you do, shooting it with your eating it. with your gun, eating it and processing it through your own uh, miserable some, body. Some ink is better than others, I can tell you I that. I bet. Yeah. Uh, you can actually send it back. Um, junk mail is usually first class or third class, which is called bulk rate. And uh, if, you, if your envelope is stamped address correction requested or return postage guaranteed, you can return it unopened to the sender by writing refused return to sender on the envelope, stick it back in your mailbox and flip up your little uh, flag. Oh, flag. I didn't think you were going to say flag. Yes, flip up your flag. Gotcha. Uh, But you can only do this on bulk mail with that special uh, notification on it. Um, If you have a a solicitation sorry, that has postage paid reply envelope, then just put a note saying that you want to be removed from the mailing list and include that mailing label and... Uh, or write refused on it, and you might actually get taken off that list. So that's one way to do it. Well, the, thanks to our friend the Internet, it's gotten a lot easier to stop getting junk mail, right? Yes. Um, 
there are actual sites that are dedicated to you not getting junk mail. And remember the do not call registry? Right. Well, there's been several attempts to create a you know do not mail registry, basically. Uh-huh. Um, and it hasn't taken off. It may in the future. Who knows? But as it, as it stands for now, it's up to the individual to take care of their own junk mail stream, right? Right. Um, and... Like I said, the internet is a great tool for that. There, like uh, optoutprescreen.com is one place you can go. Uh-huh. And basically, the reason we have junk mail is because your name and address and, and personal information is actually valuable. It's valuable on its own in a very small amount, fractions right. and fractions of a cent. As right? a single individual, true. Well, when you put it together with thousands and tens and thousands and hundreds of thousands of other people, millions. Millions. I'll, I'll go with millions. Yeah. Sure. Um, then all of a sudden, that list as a whole becomes valuable. Right. So it, people who mm-hmm. have your information or millions of people's information can put these things together and make some extra scratch on the side by selling it to direct marketers. Right. And one group that aggregates these this information are credit reporting bureaus. They right. are allowed by law to give out certain personal information about you, like name, address, preferences, especially stuff that you've provided, to sell it for Mm -hmm. their own behalf. You get absolutely nothing for it. Except junk mail. And they make money off of it, yeah. And what you get in the end is junk mail. So the optoutprescreen.com website basically uh, uh, makes it so the the four major credit reporting bureaus can't sell your stuff any longer. Right. Um, And it'll take a little while to to get off the lists, but you will eventually hopefully be purged. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and that lasts for five years, or I think you can also do a, a lifetime block right. uh, on selling. Why um, wouldn't you just do that? That'd be great. I don't know. It, it doesn't make any sense. Like right? in five years, I might want to get this junk mail, so I'll just go with the five. Well, you know, actually, option. there are there's uh, this this group called the Direct Market Association, uh-huh. uh, and they may be um, the bane of most people's existence. How's that? Because they're actually a trade association of direct marketers, right? Right, and um, luckily they have a nice little website that you can access to get out uh, to opt out. It's called dmaconsumers.org, and they have basically the same thing that you'll find at opt-out pre-screen. Mm-hmm. They have 5,200 member companies, and it's not just for-profit businesses, nonprofits, uh, political action groups are members of of the DMA. And when you get taken off the DMA's list, you get taken off of all these people's mailing lists. Right. So that's another thing you can do. Um, there's steps you can take, or actually there's steps that you cannot take right, that keep, can keep you off. Right. Warranty cards? Yeah. Warranty cards. Like, think about this. When I researched this article, I hadn't thought about it at the time. And I, I, I thought back to, you know, when I filled out an, a, a warranty card, because I must admit I am one of the suckers who actually has filled out a warranty right. card and mailed it in. Um, why the Cuisinart Company whose blender I just purchased, would care whether my um, household would be most interested in hunting and fishing magazines right. or skydiving magazines. Like, it didn't dawn never, on me at the like, time, like, that's a little odd. And I think I even remember you checking a box. Right. Like, well, you know, we're not really into hunting and fishing, but we're more into skydiving these days. Right. So check... You know, and and then all of a sudden, like I got skydiving magazine yeah. come ons. You know, there's a Mastercard is sending me like a pre-approved card with a skydiver on it. Like we know you'll like this sucker, and uh, it's 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 bad. So never fill out a warranty card because you know we talked about extended warranties before. Right, you have your receipt. That's your warranty you, card. You, you, that's your warranty. Because if they say you you have a, a, a warranty. 
you have the receipt, then you have the warranty. You don't need to fill out a card to ensure that you have the warranty. Exactly. It's just a big scam. It is a huge scam. It you is. know those bits that uh, sometimes you'll hear like the morning radio shows do where they'll call like the head of the telemarketing company at, you know, midnight and wake him up and say, how do you like it? You, do you know your company and all that stuff? We should find out the the person, there's one person, I'm sure, where all the junk mail originates. Find out where this dude lives and let's just go and like wallpaper his house yeah. with uh, grocery store flyers. His name is Rusty. Yeah. He would, Rusty would wake up and try to look out his window and all he would see is like ground beef, $1.99. He'd, be like he'd be like a piano player with a bunch of junk mail dumped on him. Right. Couldn't hear his screams. Sorry, Rusty. <laughs> exactly. You brought this on yourself, Rusty. Um, the, Chuck, Josh. we're not quite done here. Oh, okay. There's other. There's actually businesses that you can subscribe to that will go to the trouble of getting you off lists. True. I know our producer recommended one. Yeah. Um, it's Green Dimes, uh-huh. we believe. Um, and basically, uh, our producer, Jerry, said that she there's a free service um, where you, you can just kind of, I guess, do the basic job right uh but there's their 20 dollar annual membership fee actually these people actively work if they can't send something in on your behalf like it needs your signature maybe your social security number right which you will be asked for once in a while sure this is not you being lured into an even bigger scam right um but it, it they need it for verification i'm not certain that they need it but they require it for verification so if green dimes can't just do it as a third party telling somebody else to back off they send you all the stuff that you like these form letters right, that you sign out. mail them back to them and green dime mails it for you Right. And then they monitor. And by the way, I don't own any stock in Green Dimes or anything. I'm just kind of taken by this company. They may not be publicly traded anyway. They, uh, well, my dad didn't found it, if that's what you mean. Okay. Um, the, uh, they, they monitor all these lists, um, mailing lists, uh, every, every month on a monthly basis to make sure your name stays off. And if not, they go after the people for I, you. That's worth 20 bucks a year, if you ask me. And they plant five trees when you join. Really? Yep. Oh, well, there you have it. Four bucks a tree. Yeah, that's awesome. Sure, it dep- well, it depends on the tree. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I'm gonna sign up for that. I didn't know about that. Yeah, and and remember, never fill out a warranty card. Don't do never it. respond to a publisher's clearinghouse sweepstakes. Come yeah, on. anything what, that what says is, uh, what does it say on the? You may have already won. Yeah, but a lot of times it's not even your name. It'll just say occupant, occupant or something right, like yeah. that. If you respond to that, you will end up on what's called a sucker list. And, right. And, and that's actually what it's called in the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, because you have shown that you are gullible and your junk mail will increase tremendously. Yeah. And your name pops up on the sucker list and that's when all these companies go, oh, we got one, we got one. Exactly. Let's get in there. Yeah. That's the, uh, that's the lead of leads right there. Right. And that's my impression of a uh, junk mail dude. Yeah. That was good. Thanks. So there you go. Um, I also want to recommend an article on MSNBC by uh, Sig Kirschheimer, whose name I mispronounced at the beginning of this podcast. Sorry, Mr. Kirschheimer. Um, it's called Hate Junk Mail, Follow These Steps. And Mr. Kirschheimer has gone to the trouble of basically giving every name, address, telephone number, and website you would need to completely rid your life of junk mail. So it's definitely worth reading. And if you want to read our take on it, you can type, Can I Stop Getting Junk Mail? in the search bar at HowStuffWorks.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you